We welcome you in the name of the Lord into his house for a day of worship, and we're very blessed to see the, the benches quite full this morning. We welcome the, all the visitors from Avon Road in particular. Now's the time for greetings or announcements. It's a blessing to be here this morning. It's been a while since, at least, my family has, has been here to visit with you, so we're thankful that the Lord provided this opportunity. We bring the greetings, our whole group from the Church of Avon Road in Kitchener. Also, a message with Brother Paul this morning. He is still uh, not back from being out west. He's in, actually, but he's back in, in the Ohio area this weekend, but he extends his greetings to the church as well, him and Sister Maria. I neglected to introduce Brother Brian Nenardoff from Avon Road, for those that don't know him. Greetings from West Akron, thank you. Thank you, Brother Edmund. Welcome home. Greetings from uh, Vista, San Diego, and from Takati. That's right. The gospel hymn sing is scheduled for next week in Beverly Hills, Michigan. And uh, please take our greetings, Brother Edmund, and whoever else travels there. Thank you, Brother Phil. <laughs> Thank you. Greetings from Brother Alan, Sister Monica. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, for those that don't know, Sid Poon is uh, in Takati, Mexico. He's helping out with some uh, work there, and he's decided to stay a little bit longer. So pray for his trip there and his safe return. I have greetings from Brother Mishu and uh, Sister Natasha Papuga. Welcome, Sister Laura. We're happy to see you here. And I'm sure someone else is very happy to see you here, too. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Josiah, for those greetings, and the Lord be with you as you travel. Thank you. Greetings from Brother Vladimir and Sister Vladimir and Sister Olga Pavuka. If, if there are no other greetings or announcements, um, here's the announcements I have for this morning. The focus of the month, this is the last Sunday of October, is still the Hope Ministries in Brazil, a replacement of the roof on the, one of their buildings there. Thank you. Greetings from Sister Beverly, who's recovering, I think, this morning. She's um, getting better. I talked with her yesterday. Um, we want to extend our condolences to Sister Vicky on the passing of her brother. Please pray for her. And also, you may have heard um, this week, Sister Donna Lednack in Windsor has passed. And uh, the visitation will be on Tuesday from 5 to 8, and the funeral will be Wednesday at 11 a.m. This coming weekend is the time change, so the, you'll gain an hour of sleep. Turn your clocks back on Saturday night. This Wednesday, Lord willing, it's the first uh, 
Wednesday of the month, we'll have CFG singing. There are some chorister CDs available. Brother Doug has brought back. Um, they're available for free, but donations are welcome. I think they'll be put out downstairs. And the schedule for today. So we will have lunch for all after the morning service downstairs. And uh, then there's going to be uh, an activity, a work activity planned in the church, packaging, I think, of kits. Um, and uh, there will be a supper for the youth uh, after that. It's going to be an early supper because we have a uh, Messiah practice scheduled for 6.30 p.m. in um, Kitchener in Strasbourg Road uh, that I know a number of you are going to be joining, hopefully. And uh, so we're, we'll try to get dinner started early and, and end it early so that doesn't hinder anyone on their trip back. Yes, that's right. Uh, afternoon services will start at 2 p.m. when you have half an hour of singing and then the afternoon service. If there is nothing further, uh, let's keep Brother Brian in prayer as he opens the word and ministers to us from it. And uh, that, above all, the Lord would be praised and his name would be lifted up among us this morning. Brother Brian. Before we open the word, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and merciful, loving Father in heaven, we are a blessed people to be able to gather together around thy holy word, to have an opportunity and a privilege to be able to gather in this place, in, the, in thy house, this house of prayer, where we can pray to thee, where we could read from thy word, we can learn what thou wouldst desire to teach and speak to us. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that thou knowest the needs of the congregation here today. And we pray, Lord, that thou, Lord, would bless and provide for each and every need in thy own special way. We ask, Lord, that as we would look into thy word, that thou wouldst bless it, that thou wouldst bless the one who would divide it, and that the power of thy word would not be hindered by his weakness. We pray, Father, for the grace, for grace upon all who would hear, that we would be focused and that we would be able to understand, that we would have ears to hear and also ears and minds and hearts to understand what thou would speak to us. We thank thee, Father, for thy love and for thy mercy, knowing that thou art a God who can supply all of our need. And we ask now that we commit this service into thy care and ask for thy blessing in Christ's name. Amen. With the help of the Lord for our morning meditation this morning, desire to read from the book of Galatians from the first chapter. The book of Galatians, chapter number one. I'd like to, with the Lord's help, read the entire chapter. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead, 
and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade man or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not." Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me. I've read the entire chapter. May God bless the reading of his word to us. Let's kneel before the Lord to pray. Dear Father, Lord of heaven and earth, creator of this vast universe of which this earth is just a speck, and we are just little dots on it that quickly pass and quickly fade, it is to thee that we address our prayer this morning. The God of the universe, the one who is beyond time and space, and yet, we also address this prayer to Jesus Christ, who has come forth from the Father, God the Son, the one who walked here as a man, experienced everything that we experienced, and didn't come just to experience it, but to share with us the heart of the Father, to share with us the glorious gospel, that there is a way a way of redemption, a way back to this 
God who created everything, this immortal, invisible, only wise God. Dear Father, it is to thee that we pray this morning. It is thy name that we lift up this morning, and we are so glad to be able to do that, not of our own merit, not because we decided and, and we thought it was a good thing, dear Father, but because thou hast called us in thy goodness through Jesus Christ, and we were able only by humbling ourselves, only by letting go to respond, dear Father, to that glorious gospel, the gospel which we are now tasked with preaching, which we are now tasked with living out and sharing to a lost and dying world that is quickly fading, that is passing away. Dear Father, it fills us with great joy to be able to participate in a worship service this morning that worships thee, dear Father, and we know that this is the right place to be. Not only, dear Father, for thy name to be lifted up, dear Father, but for us to be edified and be fed in the inner man. And dear Father, we need that so desperately. We've gone through a week that we've had many different experiences. Each one here has been in many different places out in the world, rubbing shoulders with those that don't know the gospel, don't value the things of God, maybe losing sight, maybe forgetting, maybe becoming discouraged. And we need to now come again under the hearing of thy word and to receive what is needful from the hand of a loving father, dear father. So as we begin this worship service, as, as we take in the words that we have read, as we compose ourselves to listen to, to the brother meditating upon it, dear father, we realize it is from thy hand. This is how we want to receive this and to acknowledge that all anything lasting will come from thee. Dear Father, help us not to depart from this, to depart from the things that we've learned, the, the things contained in these pages, the things that thy spirit has taught us. Help us not to put them aside and become distracted with things that may seem better but appeal to the flesh, things that may seem wiser but are just the wisdom of this world. Dear Father, we pray for those that are, have had a difficult week in terms of losses. Uh, we're thinking of our, our, our dear sister who's lost her brother. We're thinking of the dear brother in Windsor who's lost his wife. We pray for thy comfort and thy speaking to them this morning hour too. Dear Father, thou art so gracious in every circumstance. Thou dost know completely our frame all of what we have gone through. We can just read it in the Gospels and we can see clearly all of the experiences. And we thus have confidence to come unto Jesus Christ, the great high priest, and to know he was touched as in all points as we were. Dear Father, we pray for those that are sick, those that are going through trials that have stretched for years and years with no end in sight and they seem to be going downwards and the prognosis gets only worse. Dear Father, those that are in thee, help them to know the prognosis is only good. The eternal man, the, the exceeding weight of glory that is in store if we hold fast, if we trust, if we just let go. Dear Father, it is worth it all. Help them to realize that this morning too, to be encouraged, to be strengthened in their inner man, though the outer man does perish. We pray for our youth this morning, those that do not have the restrictions of health 
have all the energy and, and youth of, of uh, the energy and zeal of youth. Dear Father, we pray for them that they would also this morning realize that they are but dust and that this word that they hear, this everlasting word, can, they can be born of an incorruptible seed, that they can experience eternal life if they would take it in, if they would humble themselves, if they would let go. Dear Father, we pray for our young ones that are downstairs, those that are part of the kingdom of God. But as they grow, as they realize the weight of sin, as, as it manifests itself in them, dear Father, they will realize that they need to make a decision. Help them through the things that they're being taught now this morning to be kept in store for that day so that they would be ready, that they would be prepared, dear Father, to choose the straight and narrow way. Dear Father, we pray for those that are in authority this morning hour. Those who we look and we see their actions and their words and we say, no, this doesn't align with the word of God. But at the same time, we realize we have a responsibility to lift them up, to pray for them. We do this morning, we intercede for the nations that rebel against thee, that, that want to throw off the bonds and the yoke of, of an everlasting God that he would, the, the restrictions he places on his creation, we pray for them, dear Father. Help them to realize that they are indeed under authority and that they will never escape that authority. They will have to answer to it and for it one day. Dear Father, we pray all these things, looking unto thee, who understandest our hearts completely, more than we can utter or we can say, or more than we know ourselves. And as we pray these things, dear Father, we trust that thou wilt do all things for thy honor and, and glory. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters and friends, all who have come this morning to learn and hear from the Word of God, it's truly a blessing to be here around God's feet for learning. We have this chapter in this book, the book of Galatians, the first chapter before us. The book of Galatians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, which was a letter that was addressing a certain issue or a certain challenge that the Apostle Paul was experiencing among the churches. where there were those that were taking the faith and the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they were also, I guess, adding to it, or in, in a sense, not satisfied enough with, with the aspect of being saved by grace, but they were also deciding to, or going back to some of their old ways where they wished to continue and, and, and uh, to, 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 to continue and to continue in requiring that the works and the traditions of the law of the Pharisees would be would be fulfilled in their lives. And that's what the, the theme, the main theme of this book is in the book of Galatians. 
I would say. And the Apostle Paul takes is about the first one or two chapters in this book where he takes where it's actually more of an introduction. It's actually more of of, uh, introducing the topic, introducing the theme, and explaining the history and the context of that which he was going to speak to them. And loved ones, when this chapter opened to me last night as I read it, I wasn't, it's not so much that that, that the theme of this book is that which came to my mind to meditate on this morning. But more so with some of the verses that were stated here in in this first chapter, in the middle or so of the chapter, with some of the thoughts and meditations that have been going through my mind this week. The Lord spoke to me and, and thought that or at least the thoughts that I had, were those of the Apostle Paul. Where the Apostle Paul spends a few verses here in this chapter where he explains himself of who he was and who he is now and how he got there. So with the Lord's help, as we would read, we read here, Starting from verse 11, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of men, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I may preach him among the heathen. The Apostle Paul, as we know, a very special servant of the Lord. One who was a chosen vessel, one who, who was, had a special, he was a special instrument, a special tool for the Father to use in his kingdom. And we don't have to go far. We can see that most of the New Testament were dissertations or letters or, or, or sermons or whatnot that were written by the Apostle Paul. He was a disciple, a special disciple, follower of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was an educated man. He was one who was brought up among the the Pharisees. One who, I believe, he was a part of the Sanhedrin, learned from from some of the, the, the greatest teachers Develop an education that probably surpassed very the, the, the surpassed many. We see that he he as he stated here he profited he increased in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation. He explains in another scripture in the book of Philippians, where he says he he gives his credentials of the time when he was uh, as. 
As with those Pharisees, he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Blameless. One who had a lot going for him. One who thought that he was doing the Lord's service. And he was with all of his effort and all of his might, trying to fill, fulfill that which he felt the Lord was calling him to do. It says, as we read, he persecuted the church and wasted it. He ravaged it. He tried to destroy it because he thought that the, teaching of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus Christ and his resurrection were that which were going to, to, to contradict or to, or to, or to bring down that, that which the Jews had. And we know what happened to him. We know that one day when he was going about his work and his service and going to persecute the church as he went to Damascus, he saw a great light and everything changed. Where the Lord spoke to him and revealed to him that his efforts, his drive, his zeal was focused in the wrong direction. He became a follower of Jesus Christ, one who was changed, one who changed from his old way and went in a new way. And I believe that as we read in verse 15, where he says, But when it pleased God at that time, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. He, he, the Lord called him and separated him. If my understanding is correct, I believe the Apostle Paul is, used, is, is being figurative here, where he had to separate him and remove him from his mother's womb, from everything that the Apostle Paul knew, from, his, from his, his, the way that he was, the way that he was brought up, all of his, everything that he had, his, his education, his, everything that, that was going for him, he needed to be separated to be able to be called and to be able to do the work of the Lord as God wanted him to do. He became a special servant and a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, there was a a time where he spoke specifically to his disciples. And we read the verse many times. And even those back home know that I quote this verse many times. Because it's one that is so dear and special to us as followers of Christ. Where Jesus said unto his disciples, as we read in one of the Gospels in Matthew 16, where he says, if any man will come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. 
if one wants to follow the Lord, if one, just as the Apostle Paul, when the Lord called him, he needed to separate him from his life and from what he was doing. And we need to obey the teaching of Jesus Christ, where he says that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And I believe this verse has so much more meaning in the days and the times that we live in. Maybe that's why, at least in my mind, I revert and I come back to this verse so many times. Because I'm sure that in times past, in generations past, there were always the challenges and always the struggles of uh, that those who would want to serve the Lord and follow him, that they would have to deny themselves. But I believe that in the day and the age that we live in, where we live in affluence, where we live with everything at our hands' disposal, whatever we want, however we want to live, we can live that way. Sometimes the struggle and the challenge of denying ourselves of everything that Satan tries to put in front of us because everything is so available to us, the challenge becomes more difficult. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul had to do. He needed to be separated and deny himself from the life that he was living to be a changed person so that he could follow Christ and do his service. When the Lord says that we need to deny, we need to deny ourselves. If we look up that word, I looked it up in the Greek, and a word that explained it, or a word that was a synonym of that word, was to disown. If one wants to follow Christ, if one wants to be in favor with him, and if one wants to be his disciples, to be his disciple, one needs to disown. Disown their life. And brothers and sisters and friends, this is what we need to do. If we, need, if we desire to follow Christ, to have fellowship with him, and to walk further and further and more closer with him. We need to disown the things that we have in our lives. What does it mean to disown? What does it mean to, to disown that which is in our life? To relinquish everything, ownership of what's going on in our life, of that which is characterizing our lives, and to give possession, in this case, to the Father. What are the things that one might need to disown in their life? And how can this disowning in our lives and this denial happen? How can it happen and work in our lives so that the Father can change us? We know, loved ones, that it first starts 
with a changed heart and a changed mind. And maybe that's why when the scripture was open to me this morning here at the pulpit, it opened to the book of Matthew chapter 3, and I was debating whether I should have read from that scripture. But we know that that is the scripture where John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness, and he was teaching and telling the people that they needed to repent for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. One needs to change. We understand and we know that repentance is a change, a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of desires. So if one desires to, to and wants, to, and wants to, to relinquish that which is happening in their life, that which is characterizing their life, They need to change the attitude of how important those things are in one's life. And loved ones, it could be many different things for many different people. For those who are outside of the fold of Jesus Christ, those who do not know the Lord and those who are maybe are struggling and being challenged with, with, with the, the, the temptations and the things that are taking place in their life in this world. One needs to disown and to relinquish that to the Lord. One needs to consider those things that are separating them from God. Maybe it was like the Apostle Paul, where he had that high education, he had that higher thinking, and that, that zeal and that, that, that pride of being a Pharisee. But in, case, but in, in our cases, in, in this day in society, maybe it's, the, it's that pride of, of the education one might have here. Or the self-pride of not giving in to someone else or giving in to the Lord to direct your life. And you don't want to give that up. Or maybe it's the daily activities that one takes part in that one doesn't want to give up ownership to. The lifestyle that one might live because the joys and the pleasures of this world are just too fun too enjoyable and they feel that and one feels that if they give up too much that they won't get anything in return and they're just going to be unhappy furthest from the truth because the Lord he wants to take he wants to take each life and he wants to instill in them the joy and the peace and the happiness that he can give through his grace. And he wants to have each soul not to live a life on their own, but he wants to live a life. He wants them to live a life that the Lord can give that happiness, and that joy. 
So loved ones, one needs to look at their life and at their heart. Brothers and sisters, there are times where the Lord is calling us to greater service. There are times where the Lord is calling us to greater and closer discipleship. And this verse where the Lord said, if any man deny, uh, will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, is not only for those who want to start out to serve the Lord. It's not only for those who, who want to make a start and become his child, but brothers and sisters, it is for us as well that as we walk with God and as we want to walk closer to him, we need to continually look at our lives and see what in our lives we need to disown. And as we go in life, through the various stages of life, in our youth, and then as times go on with our careers, with our families, with our marriages, with whatever is happening in our lives, we need to continue to look to see if those things are taking precedence in our life. And there might be times where the Lord is calling us for a closer communion with him. But yet our lives are too busy with the daily tasks and daily responsibilities. But yet we need to disown some of those things that, we are, that are bogging us down, that are weighing us down. Even as in, I believe it's in the book of Colossians, where the Apostle Paul again wrote to the church in Colossae, and he says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. That we can look at those things which are in the Lord's possession, and that those possessions and those things that, that weigh us down here are the ones that we need to disown. I believe the Lord was the greatest example of one who denied himself. Where he stated, where the Apostle Paul states again about our Lord and Savior in Philippians chapter 2 where he instructs them and says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. If there was anyone who showed a true example of self-denial, it was our Lord and Savior. He left the courts of glory in perfection. He 
being in the form of God, with that godly nature. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He didn't think it, was, it would have been degrading to God that he would be the same because he was of the same nature with God, with him in heaven. But yet he took upon himself the form of a man and denied himself to come to this world in flesh and blood. Why? Because he loved us. Because it was his mercy. And because he loved us, he gave himself for us. Even as the Apostle Paul writes in the second chapter in Galatians, that he lived by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Lord wants to take our lives, brothers and sisters and friends, and he wants to take ownership. He wants to take control. He wants to be able to lead us. And he cannot lead us unless we disown those things which are, in, are hindering his shepherding in our lives. We need a changed mind and a changed heart. And the Lord can do that in our lives. He is the one that fulfills and completes full repentance in our lives. Because we look to him. And he knows that we cannot change ourselves. But he knows that he wants to help us. And how does he help us, loved ones? He helps us by giving to us his word. As the word, when we look at it and as we read it, it cleanses and it purifies us and it teaches us the way of God. And we have the word before us. Whether it is in the written word when we sit at our bedside or on that chair in our room in the night or early in the morning when we open his word to, and allow him to speak to us. Or his word when we hear it in music and the melodies and, and the, the, the lyrics of, of the songs that, that would be sung or the songs that we would hear where he speaks to us and he wants to cleanse us and teach us through his word. Maybe it's through the spoken word that is in a service such as this where you hear the pricking and the calling of the Lord where the Lord is wanting to cleanse you and to change you so that you realize that one, needs to, where one realizes that, that a changed heart and a changed mind can take place. But dear ones, it's what we do with that word. When it is when it comes to us, it's what we do with that word and with that call that will make the difference in our lives. For the Apostle Paul, when he was called by his grace, as we read, that call separated him from his mother's womb. It separated him from the life that he was living and the only way that that can happen is when we hear the word is that we take it to heart and we take it for face value. My mind goes to 
the Gospel of, of Luke, I believe it is. When the Lord, when he was explaining to his disciples and to those who were around him about the very famous, I guess, parable that we could, we could uh, read about, uh, the sower and the seed, and where he was giving the explanations of all of the hearts that were receiving this word, that was receiving this word that could have the power to create fruit, the power to cleanse us, the power to change us. And in the Gospel of Luke, he explained it in a very beautiful way, which, which I love when I read it. And he says that, but that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. When one receives the word of God, when the Lord is trying to reveal to you his will, look to show you those things in your life that maybe you need to disown and those things which you need to deny. Because sometimes we look at our lives and we, don't, we see things, that they're not that big of a deal. They may not be an issue. They're not hindering me from following the Lord. Many times, dear souls who are seeking the Lord are looking for peace. And it goes on and on and on and they never find that peace. And they, find, and they struggle trying to find that, that joy that can be found in the salvation that can be given to them. Because maybe they're not seeing the things in their life that need to be denied. And they're not seeing those things that they need to disown. They may consider them a no big deal. Everyone else is doing it. And there could be things that for one person a certain item might not be as much of a temptation or a struggle, but for someone else, that's what they need to do die in their lives to be able to, to completely give up ownership to the Lord. But when the word comes to our hearts, as it says here, that the, when the seed came onto that ground, that they are they which ha with an honest and good heart have heard the word of God. When the word comes to our lives, when the word comes into our minds, when we hear the word, when we read the word, are we looking at it with an honest and good heart? Are we being genuine? Are we being real to that which the Lord is speaking to us, brothers, sisters, and friends? Or are we, as it states in, in the epistle of James, where he speaks of that man, who, who, uh, those who, who hear but, but are not doers, where they look into the mirror and then they see the reflection and then they quickly walk away not remembering what they saw. Or maybe someone is looking at the mirror but at an angle where the angle of reflection is outside and looking at something else, not truly looking straight on at 90 degrees to see what is actually the image of us in that mirror. And not only the physical image of us, but that which is in our heart. And if we're honest with ourselves, if we're genuine and real with ourselves, as the Lord speaks to us, he will teach us and he will show us 
those things that one might need to deny and disown. And it's only then when we give up ownership of ourse- from ourselves and give the ownership to our Heavenly Father of everything that we want to do, of our desires, of our aspirations, of the, 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 the tasks, of, the, of, of our, our drive in this life. That's true repentance, a true change, a true transformation. And when we believe with faith that God can do that in our lives, and if we believe with our whole heart that the power of Jesus Christ, through his word, can change us and lead us anew, That is, dear brothers and sisters and friends, when we can be his disciples. That's what happened to the apostles, the disciples, after Christ's resurrection. When they were kind of confused and you could say mulling about, maybe even in their mind uncertain of what was going to happen next because their Lord had been crucified and then he resurrected and then he appeared various times. And then when that experience in the Gospel of John, when when the Lord saw them on the water fishing, in John chapter 21, they were going back to the things that they knew best. They were going back to their old character, to their old ways. They just saw their Lord crucified. They experienced meeting him after his resurrection. And the Lord still had to remind them, to tell them to, that they needed to disown that which was going on in their life prior. And we know the story, and we know, we, we know the account where, where the Lord asked Peter three times, Lovest thou me? And then after, Peter proclaimed and answered that he loved him and that he wanted to serve him. And then Jesus said, And then follow me. Those things in your life, are now disowned and now become his disciple to walk in his way. Brothers and sisters and friends, loved ones, this is our calling. This is our calling as God's children to walk with him, to follow him, to be his disciple, to do his bidding, whatever it might be. And we need to look at our lives once again, to see of whether there are areas in our life where God is calling us to draw closer to him in greater service, to be able to fulfill his will so that we could be the salt of the earth, so that we could be the lights of the world, that we could be his hands and his feet, to be the one who would do his work in this life. 
That's what he requested of the disciples back then. He told them to deny yourself, to take up his, to take up his cross and follow him. And dear brothers and loved ones, this is what the Lord is asking us as well. And dear friends, he's asking you to join on that journey, to join on that road, to also become his disciple, because there's going to be no, there will be no greater joy and no greater happiness that you will experience in your life, even though you might think you may deny and disown everything that you know, even as the Apostle Paul did. But yet there is greater joy, and you'll be able to live for him in blessing and in his mercy and his love. May God bless his word to our hearts. Brother, please find the hymn. Hymn number 267. 267. Father, please lead us in prayer.
Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be here in your house this morning to listen to your word and to praise your holy name. And we're so thankful for the message that has been brought forth of how we all have need to deny ourselves, to take up the cross and to follow thee, dear Father. We pray for those who have not yet done that, who have not yet given up their old ways, have turned from their old life to serve thee, dear Father. And we pray that you help them to recognize the need of a Savior in their life and that they would give up their old ways and that they would turn to thee, dear Father. We pray for those who have chosen not to be here this morning and for those who couldn't be here, dear Father. We pray you'd be with each and every one of them, that you would work in their lives and that you would help them to remember that you are always with them, dear Father. We pray for those who are suffering with the infirmities of the flesh, dear Father, that you'd be with them and help them and heal them, dear Father, if it be thy will. We pray for Brother Leon Bosick, for Brother Pierre Nanadove, and for Brother Steve Delick, and for all those who I failed to mention, dear Father. We pray you be with each and every one of them, dear Father. And we're so thankful for the Western Road Congregation for opening up their doors to us. We pray a special blessing upon them, that you bless the rest of our day together, and that you bless the food, dear Father, that the hands have so lovingly prepared for us downstairs that it would nourish us and give us strength for the day. We pray that you go with us throughout the rest of this day, that you'd be with our thoughts and conversations, dear Father. And we thank you for all these things and pray all these things in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Brother, please choose a closing hymn. Hymn number 57, verses 1, 5, and 7.
Brother Brian, we want to thank the Lord and you for your service this morning. I think the word was preached clearly and we could understand um, God's will for our lives. As Brother Brian was meditating on denying and disowning, I thought of another D word that I found in this scripture, and that's destroy. And that was the second last word we, word, verse we read. But they heard only, this is a summation of Paul's change, that he which persecuted us in times past now preached the faith which he once destroyed. And we could think, yes, we understand that clearly. Paul was persecuting the church. He was destroying the faith. My friend outside of Christ, do you realize you're in the same boat? You're doing the same thing? You're destroying the faith? I had to think back in my own life, all those years I attended church as a teenager in my early 20s, and I was a good boy, and I liked church, and I loved the singing, and loved to hear the word of God, but like Paul, I was destroying the faith by my hypocrisy, by my lack of full surrender to God, of, of professing him, saying of, in effect that the faith wasn't enough, that, that the, the simple gospel wasn't enough for me to live. I was destroying the faith in my own way just like Paul was. My friend outside of Christ, it's the same. You're either building it up or you're destroying it. Instead, God has told us this morning clearly through this message that we need to destroy or crucify the things of ourself. And we see that in the end of chapter 2 of the same letter. We're, we're warned, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, meaning the things that I left in the past as part of my former life, I make myself a transgressor. The way of the gospel sounds painful and sounds really difficult and really hard and really scary. But all of that dissolves in the person of Jesus Christ as we look to him. And that's what we find here in verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, present tense. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It wasn't until I realized just what Christ had done for me, that it was enough, that it was sufficient, that I could then destroy those things. I could crucify those things. I could leave them behind. All the things I tried under my own power, my own strength, they were destroyed as I looked to Jesus Christ. My brother and my sister are still being asked today, I am crucified, present tense, to destroy. I was, just realized it now as I was sitting in the bench this morning, I was asked this past week a number of times by the Lord to destroy some things. Some little things that were creeping up, offenses where I would take offenses at, at things and treasure those offenses in my heart and, and um, think of how I was wrong. Petty things, silly things that I look at and think, why am I getting upset about this? Yeah, something needs to be destroyed. The old man needs to be crucified again. He's, he's coming up. He needs to be denied. He needs to be disowned. This is the power of the gospel. And it's only through Christ Jesus as we look to him and live through him. That's what the Galatians had forgotten. That's, what they were, that's why Paul was so concerned as he heard these things and wrote a very strong letter to them. 
May the Lord give us the clarity to see the power, the simplicity of the gospel, that it is, it calls for destruction, but it is new life in so many ways. With that, we conclude the service and commend you to God's grace. You're all welcome downstairs for lunch.